big car park, isn't it? Really big car park. Should we just have a sort of stroll around it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you think it was ever... Thought, do you think there's ever a game where it was just like, no one can park anymore? I reckon yeah. people had to park on the grass. I reckon there's there's been people who parked on the grass because it was so yeah. full. It's a big stadium. Do you think there's an overspill? No, no, I think that people just... That's why the grass is shit. Uh, Chloe's just over there by the entrance, but I don't, don't want to go over here. Uh, should we just sort of um, walk to all four corners of the car park and then head over? Yes, please. Okay. You had any nightmares this week, Kat? Yeah, actually, I have. Um, really wild one, actually. So I got kidnapped. Um, and uh, the mad part is, is who did it? It's because I, I realised, I mean, like the sort of warehouse Me? thing. It wasn't you. It's weirder, oh. It's weirder. It wasn't okay. you. You? No. So I'm in okay. this warehouse and I'm literally like arms b- tied behind my back. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, uh, the person who's kidnapped me is revealed. It's Scylla Black. And I kept, I just kept saying, I wasn't even horrified that I'd been kidnapped. I just kept going, what the, f- what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? And she genuinely kept going, surprise, surprise, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I've not thought of Silver Black since she did that mad uh, Royal Variety show in a, in those those that, that flashing leotard. Yeah. Uh, was that the Royal Variety? That's wild if it was. But yeah, it's I've, it's I've, up it's right up the Queen Street though, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I have Silverback's no tits like that. <laughs> I have no idea why any of that was in my brain and entered my nightmares. And it was a nightmare, Ed. It really was. How close was she to your face when she said, surprise, surprise? She was walking towards me. She was walking towards right. me and then just right. sort of, it was like nose to nose eventually. Because I, oh, no. <laughs> I kept saying, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And she just kept I, saying, surprise, surprise. I weirdly you don't know. think it being Scylla Black is that weird. I was, really? When you said do you think Black, she's got it like, in her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How do you think they got Blind Day going? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's horrible, and I feel for you, but... Thanks. That's, that's pretty bog-standard in my eyes. Well... That's a classic cat. <laughs> it didn't feel great. How about yeah. you? Any nightmares this week? Got a sink plumbed in it, uh, in the kitchen. Yeah? Yeah. And the whole day I was like, oh, I just hope that they can plumb it in. I just hope they can plumb it in. I don't know why, but I was, I was really like... I get the feeling that they can't plumb in. He came over and he was like, where's the stop, gap? Uh, stop tap? You know, to stop all of the cold water from coming in. Yeah. He was like, where's that? And I was like, oh no. It's, it's been plasterboarded behind that wall. Oh no. Yeah. That actually is a nightmare. So he just always, had to get a... Always make a hole. Yeah. Make he, a hole. Well, exactly. And I was just going, because he was like, oh no. And I just kept going, why the fuck have we done that? Why the fuck have we done that? Because he'll have obviously the guy who's who's plasterboarded it will have gone here, yeah. But then I don't know. Is it my fault for not going? Don't don't plasterboard in no. anything so, that someone, I'll need to use again. Someone like the, the other another stop tap. Uh, 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 someone should should go. There's the stop tap. Let's not plaster over it. That that thought process should have happened. Yeah, uh, it feels like uh, I shouldn't uh, have, I to have my eye on that. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing you you don't have to. It's like it's like oh, don't plaster over that light switch like. Obviously not. Yeah. Also, like, don't don't use your shit to skim it. Yeah. Isn't like another thing that I think is on the same level. They didn't yeah. do that. <laughs> this isn't the second part. 
I'm glad to be rid of the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, so they had to cut it out with a, with a multi-tool. So there's just a big hole in our wall while they, while they tried to find it, so it's going up from the bottom. Oh, no. So they couldn't even be like, ah, neat little hole to access no. that. No. That is a nightmare. It's not great, is it? It's no silver black, though. She didn't well, fit the, the... She didn't plaster it, Who do you think was fitting the tink? <laughs> <laughs> in that weird thing where her tits lay up as well. So when she was like, oh, where's God. the stop tap? I went, I don't know. And she went, uh-oh. And on the uh-oh, one tit lit up and then the other. Oh, wow. God, yeah. she's wearing that as a ghost. <laughs> what a decision. <laughs> oh. Hey, Chloe. Hello, oh, hello, Chloe. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. Nice to see you here. What the, what the heck? <laughs> I know, right? Um, well, obviously, thank you so much for, for inviting us to this part of, of Spooktown. And thanks for coming all the way. Yeah, but it's still a coincidence that we bumped into each other. You know, it is, still, yeah. It's yeah. bizarre yeah. that we're yeah. so quickly, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I did watch you sort of wandering thanks. around for a bit and thought, I'll let them come to me. <laughs> oh, you saw that. You saw that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's kind yeah. of you to let us just sort of do our thing. Yeah. On meander. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really nice thing. I thought they need this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> we did. We did need that little wonder. So this is a derelict football stadium we stood in front of, yes? Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, you know, once a sort of theatre of dreams and now just a sort of uh, a, a wisp, a will-o'-the-wisp um, of its of its former self, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, kind of no. sad really, isn't it? Yeah. So once a sort of theatre of dreams and now a regional theatre, a regional racist theatre kind of vibe. <laughs> and also, you could probably do like a nice sort of um, bit of promenade theatre around the derelict football stadium, don't you think? Oh, love oh. it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good shout, actually. Maybe we'll get into that after we hear your story. Maybe we'll... Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to... Oh, I like that, yeah. Plant See too many seeds, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amdram, that's what I meant. Amdram. What did you say? Uh, regional racist theatre. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I can it's see... It's just quicker to say Amdram. I can see why you've done the mouth typo there. They're very, they're very sort of si- similar to one another. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, glad we got there in the end. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you can see the link. You can see the link, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, OK, so I've got, some question- I've got some questions for you, if I may, mm. um, before we hear your story. Have you done any sightseeing since you got to Bhutan? Uh, yeah, I went to um, the Remembrance bit. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like you can tell a lot about a town by what happens at their um, World War One memorial. <laughs> yeah. If, it's, if yeah. it's got bunting around it, it's a classy town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if it's got people sitting on it and drinking K-cider... Not so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've yeah. never been. Which which one's Spooktown got? Uh, it's sort of, it's got an interim where it's got um, a weird man that um, has seeds all over him and lets the birds walk <laughs> all over him. So it's sort of a middle class kind of, <laughs> middle class kind yeah, of town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that stacks up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> really good answer. Genuinely, first time we've asked that question because I got bored of the other question we usually ask, and that that was a hit for me. You smashed it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Love the answer. And please, for every question you ask me, I would like an appraisal of my answer after. Oh, you'll get them. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. No you. You'll get yeah, you'll yeah. get them big. You'll get yeah. <laughs> strap yeah. in. <laughs> Let's hope you don't get a bad one because they go on for a long time. Um, second question. Good luck with the answer. Thank you. What is Chloe, the spookiest thing that has ever happened to you? 
the spookiest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't think that like um, many spooky things have happened to me directly. So can I? The one that I always tell when someone asks me, like, do you believe in ghosts? I'm like, I don't, but my mum does. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. basically, she was in um, church one time because she spent a lot of time spent a lot of time there, and it was her job to lock it up. And she was just leaving it, and out of like where the um, vicar gets changed. I don't know what the official name for that is. Should we just say cloisters? That sounds va- vaguely. Um, it sounds great. That sounds churchy. Very just out yeah, of the does, altar. Yeah. She, she, just no. Um, she she came, <laughs> but basically this door opened from where the vicar gets changed, and my mum was like, "Hello, can I help you?" And there was this tiny old lady there, and she looked sort of like, you know, a bit sort of ghostly and otherworldly and a bit ethereal. Um, sort of translucent skin, thin skin, and mum went yeah. <laughs> thin skin. Yeah, poor, thin skin. Poor yeah, you said it nicer. You said translucent skin. <laughs> can't, can't take Bit criticism. <laughs> Disgusting thin yeah. skin. <laughs> she looked, she looked absolutely awful. <laughs> um, and my mum said, "Hello, can I help you?" And the lady just sort of looked at her, pulled the door closed, and mum thought, "Oh, that's strange." So she walked outside and kind of thought nothing of it, looked around for this lady. And then a couple of months later, apropos of nothing, someone said to her, oh, do you know that Holy Trinity is ghost uh, haunted by the ghost of a little old woman? And mum went, oh my God. Oh, oh my God, I think I've seen her. <laughs> She's got awful skin. <laughs> so anyway, nothing spooky's happened to me, but I remember that being quite like when my mum told me that story, that being quite affecting as a child. And um, yeah, yeah a bit, bit worried about. That. One of my favourite ways of framing a ghost story is when people are like, "I don't believe in it myself. I have no reason to believe in it." But this one scary thing did happen. I love that's my favourite way of framing it. Do you know what my other favourite way of framing is? The like you don't mention it and then someone a couple of months later is like this thing happens because it makes it feel more legitimate don't you think yeah yeah like yeah. if she was asking I thought nothing it, of it at the time until dun 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 yeah yeah, yeah really yeah good. really good um another great answer Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. You didn't yeah. have to say yeah. that. I mean it, I mean it, I mean it. No. Oh, if look, I think it's know. a bad answer, I'll say it's a bad... I'll tell you. I'll tell you to your face. That is a bad answer, you'll that say. That stunk. I can yeah. smell that answer from here. <laughs> yeah. That hums. <laughs> That's one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life, actually. Much <laughs> worse than that woman's skin. That's, that's turned me sick, that answer. Oh. <laughs> Bigfoot, Big Brother, mm. Big Mama's House 2, Shag, Marry, Kill. Oh, what a lovely question. Do you know Do you know what you've been complimenting me on my answers? I'm going to compliment you on your question. That is lovely. That fucking stings. That's Thanks. really nice. Can you uh, Can you say it again? I'd like to really properly give, totally. give this the time yeah, to ingest totally. it. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Bigfoot. Yep. Big Brother, Big Mama's House 2. Shag, marry, kill. Right, I've Can I just really quickly, I'm so sorry, Chloe, what was wrong with my questions that meant that you didn't compliment them? <laughs> they were really nice questions. Um, right, that's all you need to say, that's fine. They, no, they were lovely questions. I just, I feel like what, what happened is your questions did a lot of the legwork to prime me for the big showstopper at the end, you know? 
So yeah. that, compl- yeah. that compliment to Kath question was also a compliment to you, okay? I loosened the jar. You loosened the jar, yeah. I yeah, the big strong jar. boy loosened the jar. <laughs> and, uh, consequently, you. shag big strong boy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> right, I think big brother is easy. I don't like the concept of it. I'm going to kill. Okay. I, and I think... No, that's I think that that's... Yeah, straight what, in there. What everyone's been waiting for, haven't they? Someone to say, I'm going to kill the concept of Big Brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think Finally. anyone's ever gone in for kill. I think everyone does like shag their Marion that's like, I guess I'll have to kill. <laughs> You're like, get killing straight off the bat. Fucking <laughs> die, Big Brother. Well, I've got, look, I've got, a, I've got a big night of passion and my wedding day coming up. <laughs> I want to get, I want to get all the murder out of the way first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, look, Come on. I don't think anyone would be saying any different answers to me either. I'm going to shag the Bigfoot. Obviously, I am. Because okay. he's got... Like, obviously, I'm, 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 a, I'm a gay person. I'm largely interested in um, not cis men. Um, <laughs> but there is a part of me that will be walking down the street and I'll see, like, a really large guy with a big beard and I'll think, oh, he's virile. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, and yeah. I mean Bigfoot—that's the ultimate beard, right? Like this full, just exactly. completely, completely beard. Yeah. Bigfoot yeah. is like an East London hipster, which is sort of my type. Because, <laughs> great, you know, al- although I am a lesbian, I also sort of have the biological urge to procreate, and I want—I'd I, if I was going to do that, it would be with a big man because I'd love a lovely large child. Yeah, a lovely large hairy child. A hairy child, yeah, yeah. You'd get that so, for Bigfoot. Thank you, yeah. exactly. So I'm going to mm. shake Bigfoot and I'm going to marry Big Mama's house too because I think it's got enough in there for it to be sustaining, entertaining, um, yeah. nourishing. And yeah. I think that's what our marriage needs. Yeah, but you would have a, still have a child with Bigfoot. So you'd have and a child with Bigfoot. Big, big, big Mama's house too would be happy to raise it with me. I know that. Okay, okay. Uh, do you think Bigfoot would just sort of run off back into the wild and not be a present father? He's not yeah. hanging around for anything. No, no. You're right. You know what? I think you've chosen really well there. Thank you. That's really help. good. I would yeah. love to find anyone who could argue any of those points. <laughs> Thank Impossible. you. Listen, write in to the mayor of Spooktown <laughs> and I'm willing to fight you at the remembrance um statue <laughs> meet me there I know for a fact that we haven't sent you that question beforehand but you answered it like you spent a week on it it's <laughs> <laughs> really good what a fucking hell now now before we hear your story we if we don't believe that your story is true you got to go off the mortal coil. If this doesn't go into Spook Town, how would you like to die? Would you like to die by being fired into the sun, newspaper, or <laughs> killed by Kath's crowbar? Oh, those are two good options. Lovely question, Ed. Thank you, finally, Chloe. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, my first, my first choice would have been to be um, the kill in someone's Shag Marry Kill. But oh. I would actually like to be 
killed by Caterpillar. Thank you. That, oh, okay. That's my wow. Plan. No wow. Yeah. 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 Wow, you stood up. <laughs> really? I gave myself a standing ovation. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm absolutely smashing this podcast. I'm gonna have to really acknowledge are. this with my feet. Um. <laughs> Quick, run round the derelict stadium. <laughs> They're back. Let's carry on. Here we go. Gasgrove, our final answer. Quick bow. <laughs> Let's hear the story. Uh, yeah, no probs. Uh, it'll be an honour. Um, you know, if, if, if your story doesn't meet uh, Spooktown lore expectations, then yeah, it'll be an absolute honour. Fantastic. Thank you. Great answers. Lovely to see you here. Uh, apparently, word on the street is, you have a story... A spooky story about this derelict football stadium we're stood in front of. Yeah, you care to tell us the story. It's it's honestly spooky. So brace yourselves. Does um, it have a title? Oh, the story. Does it have a title? This is called Matthew Hyten's Magic. The year was 1981, and like all good years, it contained days in which things happened. And things were really happening at Spooktown Park, home to Spooktown United Football Club, and as a consequence, also home to the hopes and dreams of its many supporters. Matthew Hyten was Spooktown's star striker. Like most footballers of his era, he wore tiny shorts that left little to the imagination and an unruly mullet that you wish you'd imagined. Rising through the ranks of the Spooktown Academy, Hyten was a local boy, so he held a special place in the hearts of the fans who would proudly sing his anthem, which would echo around the terraces and warm Hyten's heart in the depths of the winter season. Oh, Matty Hyten's magic, he wears a magic hat, and when he sees the match ball, he says, I'm having that. He scores on with his left foot, he scores on with his right, and when he plays at Wanderers, he scores all through the night. Brackets, the referees are wanky close brackets. In the opening months of that season, Matty Hyten could do no wrong. Every kick, header and volley seemed to end up in the back of the net and he was fast approaching club legend status, shooting United to the top of the league. Just behind them were the Spooktown Wanderers, United's fiercest rivals and their next opponents in the league. Matty knew that a win here would give them an early edge in the title race, as well as local bragging rights. This game wasn't a matter of life and death, it was more. Game day came and Matty was ready. He walked out of the tunnel to the roar of the home crowd, just behind his best mate Alan Johnson, who captained the club. Johnson's shorts were shorter and his mullet mulleter. He was no nonsense and was prepared to kick a man, woman or child in the name of his team. Off the field, he was kind and gentle. The pair had an almost telepathic connection. Johnson didn't even have the look and his pass would pick out Hyden, who buried the ball in the back of the net. Today was no different. Johnson and Hyten dominated the field, a kinesthesis existing between the pair that thrilled the onlooking. Despite this, Wanderers took an early lead which they defended like bastards, kicking Matty and his teammates high into the air. The initial celebratory atmosphere turned hostile, the home and away fans taunting, spitting and trying to get at one another. At a pause in the game, Matty walked to Allen and said, We can't get a foothold in the game! Don't worry Matt, stand at the front post on the next corner and I'll pick you out. And boy did he. With five minutes to go, the corner came, Matty took up his space and sure enough, the cross was perfect and he glanced it into the goal masterfully. The roar from the crowd was all-encompassing and filled Matty's chest with pride that he thought might make it burst. As they ran back to the centre circle to restart the game, 
Johnson said to Matty, we can win this, and he was right. In the final minute of the game, with the clock ticking down, Heitman was fouled just outside of the area. He stepped up for the subsequent free kick, and it was like his mind slowed down time. He struck the ball so sweetly, and it curled over the Wanderers' wall and into the back of the net. The crowd erupted. He ran towards the corner flag to celebrate, and was mobbed by his teammates and the onrushing fans who had stormed the pitch. He was beneath a pile of bodies, his heart set to burst. He felt a warm rush around his body, the greatest euphoria he or possibly anyone had ever felt, and the game was over, united with victorious. In the week following, it was like his mind didn't exist outside thoughts of the previous game. It was all he could think about, and he floated on a cloud of pure elation. Nothing could have upset him, not even a referee who was also a wanker. The next game came, and once more he strode out behind Alan. The crowd was singing his name, urgently, passionately, more melodic than he'd ever heard them sing before, like a choir praising their Lord. Which was why it was so surprising that he had the worst game of his career. He drifted in and out of the game like he wasn't even there. When he ghosted in at the back post, instead of heading Allen's cross into the back of the net as he usually would, he missed it entirely as though the ball had passed through him. He fell to the ground and panted dejectedly. When he raised his head, his eye was drawn to a member of the crowd. Amongst the reams of shouting men who looked like they were a collage of assorted meats was a woman, deathly white with two black craters beneath her eyes. She wore a tattered white dress. Surely not a wedding dress, Matty thought. She stared at him and him alone, an ethereal white aura around her, like she didn't belong in the world of the corporeal. Matty stared back. The game had continued without him, and when the crowd surged slightly forward in expectant excitement, she was obscured. When things settled once more, she was gone. In the week following, he could think of nothing but his horrendous performance. Matthew Heighton did not miss. It was like he was held in suspended animation, his own special form of purgatory, as he replayed and replayed the air kicks and missed headers. And always at the end of the sequence, there would be the ghostly girl with her sickly pallor, standing impassive and staring right through him. The next game took the same pattern, and there she was again, staring, watching his gradual decline from superstardom. He painted a better picture of her in his mind this time, zooming in on her long, pointed yellow fingernails that she tapped gently on her side, her long, lank black hair flat but not greasy, the gentle movement of her grey lips as she seemed to chant under her breath. Not a chant like those of the men around her, more like a quiet incantation. After the game, when he and Alan were alone, he asked them about her. Did you see that woman? Who? Sat behind the goal. She was wearing a dirty old wedding dress and was really pale. Have you gone mad? A wedding dress? To the football? Over the coming weeks, as the goal drought continued and the woman persisted to attend each and every game, Matty dared not bring her up again with Alan or the rest of his teammates. Perhaps he feared ridicule, or perhaps he feared the reality that it was only he that could see her. Johnson asked about her once or twice more, jokingly referring to her as Matt's fiance, but Matty shook it off. It was like he was cursed. As good as he had been at the start of the season, he was now bad. His teammates had stopped passing to him, knowing if they did it would end in him giving the ball away or misfiring into the crowd. Alan was the only player that was still passed to him, but even that was met with jeers and boos of the fans who used to revere him. And still the woman sat there, quietly staring, scratching those thick yellow nails against the cotton of her wedding weeds. Between games, it was like Matty didn't exist. All he could think about was his appalling form and his ghostly companion. 
One day, at the end of another game, in which he'd been so bad, he may as well have been absent, spurred by an anger so intense it consumed him, he walked over to this girl and confronted her. Coming nearer, he noticed a smell, sort of metallic, sort of like rotting meat. Who are you? He screamed. She just stared. You better answer me now. Ever since you turned up, I can't score for love nor money. Still, she stared. He climbed into the crowd. Get out of here, go on, get away with you. Suddenly, she bore her teeth, as yellow and pointy as her nails. She hissed at him, ready to bite. Matty recoiled in horror. Surprisingly, neither fan nor players noticed him leave the pitch until Alan came running over and confronted him. What are you doing? Get back on the pitch! She's here, she's staring at me, she's stopping me from scoring, can't you see her? Mate, I can't see a thing, get back on the pitch! The other players noticed the altercation now, as did the crowd. The teammates ran over and asked what was the matter. Nothing, nothing's the matter. You're acting weird, Matty, get your head in the game, Alan said and ran back onto the pitch. Hyten had no choice but to join him. The months passed, the games continued, he did not score. Still, she continued to stare. Alan was the only teammate that would talk to him now. It was like the others thought his bad form was infectious. The next game came, Matt's body felt heavy. He knew he wouldn't score again. The feeling of a curse palpably hanging over him, like his once magic feet had been replaced with blocks of stone. After one spectacular miss, in which the goal was wide open, it was harder not to score. Matty Hyten saw red. Not the red of the referee, brackets and was also a wanker close brackets, but the blood red veil of anger that consumes one at the end of their tether. On pure impulse, he picked up one of the metal pegs he used to fasten down the net of the goal, jumped into the crowd and brandished it in the direction of his otherworldly foe. He struck deep into her heart and she let out a deathly wail, turning black as she did so. But still, he didn't smite her. She screamed in his face and bit his neck, causing him to cry out in pain. He recoiled, holding the area of his wound. There was no blood, but instead the skin came away like he was rotting. She disappeared into the crowd. The game finished. Still, Matthew Hyten had not scored. Alan called him into a private changing room. What happened today? She was there. She was there. She's stopping me scoring. I'm cursed. There's no one there. A loud bang on the door. The Spooktown United goalkeeper, a large man with shorts, mullet and added moustache, entered. Alan, who are you talking to? What do you mean? I heard you talking. To Matty, I'm talking to Matty. To Matty? Alan, Matty's gone. It was just over a year after Matthew Hyden's last goal. Alan Johnson stood around the centre circle next to his 10 teammates opposite the players of Spooktown Wanderers, whose heads were bowed in respectful silence. Over the tannoy, a voice. We will now take a minute's silence to remember Matthew Hyten, who tragically died in this fixture last year after suffering cardiac arrest following scoring a brilliant winner. Matty was a club legend, scoring over 100 goals and 200 appearances. He will be remembered and missed forever. The match started and Alan had the game of his life. About three quarters of the way through, Alan won a penalty and stood up to take it. His friend appeared beside him. Shall we take it together, Matty? As though one, they stepped back and walloped the ball into the back of the net, teaming up one last time. The goal drought was over. As he returned to the centre spot, Alan looked up into the crowd and saw his friend one last time. He was holding the hand of a beautiful woman who wore a brilliant white wedding dress and had long nails delicately and beautifully manicured. They smiled and disappeared into the crowd, almost like they'd evaporated. The referee's whistle blew, the crowd roared. The end.
Right. So that that happened. That happened here. I guess my first question about it is, how did you hear about this? Um. Well, my dad is a massive football fan, um, and mm-hmm. he was um, sort of big big Crystal Palace fan who were in the same town as um, Speak Town United and Speak Town Wanderers for a long time. Yeah. And um, yeah, I sort of heard whisperings. <laughs> of I remember of that now. And uh, he 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 told me that he remembered it really well, and it was it was sort of a real um, scandal. And it was basically Alan Johnson that came out maybe fifteen years after and put it all in his autobiography. And then my dad relayed the story to uh. me. <laughs> ah, so it's it's so the the sort of truth of the story has come from Alan's uh, autobiography. Yeah, yeah. So Alan sort of, Alan yeah, said, yeah. yeah, I was basically having visions of um of my old mate, my old ghosty right. mate. It's, oh, so it's, it's fascinating. Okay, yeah to me that no one sort of at the time pulled him aside and was like Alan are you okay because like he must have been talking to Matty for yonks it must have been yeah a full year actually yeah like Um, no one I I feel the issue here is that no one reached out to Alan and I feel the issue here is toxic masculinity you know Mm. men in the the 80s 90s noughties and now in fact throughout the whole of history are very bad at talking to each other about their feelings so they just thought you know, oh look, Alan's having a chat to the corner again. <laughs> we'll just leave it. Do it. It'll be all right. <laughs> oh God. Oh, <laughs> Alan's having one of his turns again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, so the real ghost here is yeah, is is the man's inability to speak to man. The patriarchy, yeah. <laughs> the patriarchy, yeah. 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 Oh, always is. Every episode. <laughs> yeah. It's the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like an episode of Scooby Doo, but when they take it off, it's the, the mask, it's the patriarchy from the beginning. It's mm, always lovely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't, mm, I don't like football mainly because of the fans. I don't. I'm not a big fan of football at all. But listening to that story, I've written down. I hate football, and now I like football. That's lovely. Um, it's not just a warning. Top. It's not always like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's not okay. always a woman. A, a corpse that's woman in a wedding right. dress sat amongst uh, them just That's the bit that I was like, this sounds... I I've been missed old football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the... Um, that's the draw, isn't it? The, uh, that's the, the yeah. draw, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a shame that that's not consistent <laughs> with football. Ghostly girl a witch, question mark? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> I wrote down, murder, exclamation yeah. mark, and skin came off, exclamation mark. Bad, isn't um, it? Yeah, I'm, I, I, in relation to that... Bad stuff. I, I've written... Hole in neck. No one questioned. <laughs> I wrote that for a bit until <laughs> we found out yeah. that he was a ghost. Yeah. yeah, only Alan could see the hole in the neck. Yeah. With Alan didn't pick it up though. Alan wasn't like, "Holy shit, there's a hole in your neck." Again, like, toxic masculinity. You know, May- yeah, maybe yeah. he doesn't know there's a hole in his neck. I don't want to upset him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I don't tell him they've got snot on their nose or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stacks up. Yeah, I believe that now. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jessica Fosterkew, comedian and host of the Hoovering podcast. I'm interrupting your lovely time, sorry, to let you know that my brand new show, Wench, is going on tour, starting with the Edinburgh Festival. Then it's going all around the whole place, probably to your house. Not like right into your house, but like to near to your house. It's quite a sexy show, but it's not, it's not a creepy show. Anyway... Do you want to just get your tickets now, yeah? Go to littlewonder.co.uk. Thanks. See you there. I think a, a worrying part of it for me, personally, um, 
is the sort of Stockholm Syndrome relationship at the end, where this woman has been really mean to, to Matty. Mm. No two ways about it, bit his neck, for example. Oh, but mm. also he stabbed her but, through I was the just going to say that, yeah. Like, pre- prior to that, she was just... He's basically gone, oh, I don't like what she looks like. Why, what, who's she, what's she muttering about? Assumed it's about him when it might not be. Like, you know, when people are speaking different languages and people are like, well, what if they're talking about me? It's like, no, so no. So Matt is a racist, yeah. Matt is a racist, that's what I'm getting yeah, at. The other yeah. horror. The, um. the way I sort of interpreted it once after my dad told me the story <clears throat> was that, um, <laughs> like, it, exactly that. It, it was kind of what Matty was beholding. And um, mm. I personally, because of the ending, I feel like she knew that he was an unrestful spirit that there was unresolved things and he was sort of stuck in this purgatory and she was there just waiting until he was ready to sort of pass through into the other world and when he was ready she was sort of revealed to be this beautiful bride that that was going to carry him through to the other side i I suppose i just i don't think whichever way it is and i i do agree that it's probably his fault um that he was he was the aggressor um i don't think they should be in a relationship and maybe they're not, you know? Maybe they just, like, banged quickly and then went their separate ways in heaven. Perhaps, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Banged in a wedding dress and then just, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Had sex against the pearly gates, in they went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. They might have just been sat near each other. They might have just been sat near each other and they've had a chat and gone, I'm sorry about your neck, and he's gone, I'm sorry about the, the, the gold post peg. And then that was it. Wars run to the bridge. You know, pegging something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry that I let you peg me with a goalpost. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the only issue. Yeah. Fine, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty. It's watertight, isn't it? Um, what else have I written down? <laughs> I've written down cancel culture when the crowd turned on. <laughs> 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 It's not right that the lad's just having a tough match, so come on, don't turn that quickly. But what you'll notice is that because Matty wasn't actually there, the only time they ever booed was when Alan tried to pass to him. Yeah. Because he God, wasn't actually there. Wild to everyone. Yeah. Weird, uh, yeah. Again, oh, yeah. Why did no one pull him aside and go, look, just take a moment, sit on the bench for a bit, we'll, we'll put someone else on? It was really bad in the 80s. It was particularly right. bad in the eighties. Imagine yeah. if like um Alan just had like he just had a bad run of form and he made up seeing a vision of his dead mate <laughs> as an excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, my mate was dead and oh, he just kept haunting me. I was passing to him. <laughs> well, he did make a lot of money from his autobiography, so uh, you know it, it, it would stack up if you. Yeah, you've, you've really shot up. yourself in the foot there, Chloe. I think mm. you might be right. I think this might be absolute bullshit. <laughs> I think Alan might be bullshitting for money here, but that doesn't mean that it can't enter Spooktown law because the story you have told is accurate. <sighs> I think maybe maybe one of my issues is we did invite you here to tell one of your best stories, and you've told us. You've told us a story that your dad told you that he read in an autobiography. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, but, you know, the the dad was there, right? Oh, sorry, I just don't want to whack you with a crowbar. (laughs) 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 You asked me where I heard the story from, and I had to have heard it from somewhere. Agreed. Well, 
Yeah. Alan Johnson was my dad the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he read it in his own autobiography. <laughs> when he was By autobiography, I mean the bedtime stories that he used to tell me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Weirdly gonna let that slide. Yeah. <laughs> I believe you. Look, we've I just got you, we've just got weird words for things in the Johnson family. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I tell you a bedtime autobiography? <laughs> Yeah. Daddy, please tell me another. <laughs> well, here's the one where my dead friend stabbed a ghost woman through the heart. <laughs> Sleep tight. <laughs> Don't let your best friend die and get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, it did make me want to. I, I did make me want to go and see a football match live. It really did make me want to do that. Do you like football yourself? Oh, yeah, it's one of my yeah. main character traits, actually. Is it? <laughs> define your, your personality? Yeah, it really does, well, yeah. You, you say that sort of jestingly, but um, I won't bloody stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Who do you support? Crystal Palace. Ah. Yeah. That stacks up. Um, that stacks, stacks up, up yeah. Hey, I'm so shit with football, I have no idea. Mm. No? Do, do you have, like, um? do your fa- family have allegiances to clubs? Yeah, so my uncle is like, despite being very, very Welsh, is hardcore uh, Manchester United fan. Like yeah. Hardcore. Mm-hmm. I was, um, my dad liked Newcastle United because he's from Newcastle. So I supported Newcastle United when I was a kid and I sent Peter Beardsley a Christmas card. Um, and he never wrote back. <clears throat> so, <coughs> sorry, just getting checked up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, never, he never wrote back and I got really sad. So I was like, fine, fuck yous. And then I found it in a drawer years later. You never sent my it? My parents had never even... My parents never oh. sent it. See, that story, the pullback and oh, yeah. that story is almost as impactful as Mount Hyten being dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The card was dead the whole time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I was absolutely gutted. That's wild. Merry Christmas but... and a Happy New Year. But it, oh God, you I mean, you're, you're, you're a polite, you're a polite young lad. You wouldn't do one without the other. I know that about you. And um, that's true. But it's good because <laughs> I think what you did then, without realizing, is that you preempted that in 2021, <clears throat> Newcastle would be taken over by Saudi Arabians who have um, terrible uh, human rights <laughs> atrocities in their um, yeah. closet, yeah. and you were just sort of protesting out of that. I'd say they've laid them all out on their bed, to be honest. I wouldn't say they're in the closet anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's right. yeah, they've laid them out quite neatly, actually. Pretty, pretty true, actually. Uh, but yeah. yes, I'll accept I was that. playing the long game on that one. No, you're right. I, <laughs> I like you, Peter, but I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to stop supporting your club because in two decades... <laughs> Look, I like you, Peter, but I love human rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've I've sent a... a lot more Christmas cards to uh, Amnesty International than I have to Peter Bersley. Let's just <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd like to... I'd love to have the passion of somebody who... I don't like anything as much as people who like football like football, and I think that's really sad to not have that amount of passion in my life. Mate, go look. We'll go to the football mm. together. It will give you the highest high you've ever had in your whole entire life, and then you'll realise that despite that, the void is still there. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> I'd, oh. I'd really love that, Chloe. Thank you. <laughs> you've really sold that. Really sold yeah, it. I think I'd really enjoy that actually. <laughs> 
pop back to my void oh. afterwards. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Well, so I think yeah. we're going to go and have a little chat, possibly inside the stadium, if that's, if yeah. we may. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I'll, so show you where I'm, I'll show you where she sat. Oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah. I'd love that. Okay. Shuffle in. Yeah, let's walk on through. Mm. Okay. God, it's nicer than uh, Speak Town Wanderers place, isn't it? It is actually. Mm -hmm. Proper stadium, this. Correct. So if you'll just, um, you see the old derelict goalposts over there? Yeah. That was obviously where um, Matty went to pick up the peg to stab <laughs> the ghost woman. <laughs> and then if yeah. you look, you see, you see there where the steps are. To get out of the stadium. Oh, just to the side, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was just to the left of that there. Okay. And how do you know that if if Matty was a ghost? How do you know what Matty could see if Matty was a ghost that your dad could see? <coughs> oh, Ed. I was Matty oh, the whole time. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just... People have there's lots of sort of reddits and it's it's not official but it's assumed, you know. Um, okay. So if you read uh, all the reddits, they'll be like, "This is where we think she would have been," based on like watching highlights of where Alan put the ball and then obviously remember the game where he ran over and was like, "Matt, get back on the pitch." There's footage yeah. of him just like talking to the air, and it was roughly around there. Well, so presumably there's an empty seat, like the one empty seat in the uh, in the stadium. But it, no one else could see it, right? Well, I've, I sorry, I've been saying sitting, but um, like it was obviously like safe standing then. So she, well, not safe standing, um, very unsafe standing. So she would um, sort of just drift don't in and out. Don't with your football terminology. Safe standing. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, I mean, I could. I mean, it, it is. A, it is a football stadium. That that's accurate. And you know, there is a space there where someone could have uh, been a ghost and a stored. <laughs> that. Thank you. I believe you because there's a space here where somebody could have been a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how easy it is to get into Spooky Town Law. Yeah. yeah. yeah space. Yeah. There's space here for a ghost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An intangible. <laughs> Varial object. Anyway, uh, should we have a little chin wag, Kath? Yeah. So Chloe, we're just gonna sort of. Should we head over to the goal and just sort of stand there? Oh, love it, love it, love it, love it. Love if it. you okay, okay. Um, sort of walk just a little bit, sort of to the left of the goal, then you can stand on the spot where Matt Hyten died. Oh, great. Okay. Of cardiac arrest. Great. Okay. Okay. Let's go stand on. Yeah. Stand on the spot. Ooh. Okay. Oh, a bit chilly over here. That's the whole. We're outside. It's all chilly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a spot where a ghost could potentially be. <laughs> and I, yeah, I believe it. I, I believe, believe it. it. Uh, so what, you, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Do Do I believe that uh, her dad is trying to push out sales of his book? Yes, I believe that that right. could be the route. Is the, the story in it true? I don't know. He's just seen his friend die. He's just seen his friend die. Of course, he's good. he shouldn't. He shouldn't be playing football. Yeah. Especially on the pitch where his friend died. But it was the 80s. I get it. But maybe that's what this manifested as. But that, yeah. that, that is even spookier than a ghost. Is the fragility Mental of Mental health. That. Yeah. 
and the lack of responsibility from anybody in the team or, or off the team to look after yeah. a, a man whose who's best friend had died yeah. in front of him on the pitch that he then continually, continually played on for a year. For a year. For, for a, a year. year. And no one went, you're right, Al. No one went, no one said that. Yeah. So I think as a, sto- as a <coughs> scary story, if it's a ghost, it's scary. If it's somebody having a really tough time, it's very scary as well. Yeah. You know what, you're right. And I, I think it, it should go into law, actually, as a sort of um, a, a moral. It would be like, like a, let's not have this happen again. Yeah. Let's look out for each other. Let's have empathy for each other. Let's look after each other. And let's enjoy football. And let's enjoy football. And let's enjoy some goddamn footy bee. <laughs> yeah. Should we go let Chloe know that the story made it in to Spooktown, lol? Yeah. And no one's getting their head caved in with a crowbar today. Just do it, maybe just do it down from down here. Uh, Chloe? Uh, y- yeah? Hey. You're in. Oh, sick. Sorry. Cap, I, I thought that was... Um, a crowbar in your pocket, but you're just pleased to see me. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm, I'm just thrilled that the story made it. I'm really thrilled. Phew, that was touch and go there. It, it was. It genuinely but, um, was. I don't think there's ever any real yeah. doubt. Yeah, you... It was going in because we're cowards. But... Yeah. The, 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 <laughs> we we never like stopped it. being cowards throughout. I think that's yeah. the real issue. Yeah. That's and real to, to be honest, real you, you listen to the most compelling evidence of it of all, which is, it did actually happen. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> oh, well done. <laughs> oh, this comes back round to us being stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so does anyone want to come drink some K-Cider on a war memorial with me? Oh my yes, God, please. I'd love nothing more. Sick. That would be Let's sick. Do Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I'm absolutely shit-faced. Yeah, same. Are you all right to get her back to the hotel room? Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute delight. <laughs> it really has. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love it. What a way to spend an evening hanging out mm. with two great people, drinking and remembering. Sorry, is that Chloe and the lad covered in nuts? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. You're just yeah. always there, Ed. You're yeah. just always there. You don't. Yeah. You count, but you don't count. Do you know what I mean? You're just sort of part of the the furniture, but in a nice way. May I just say, ow, <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> um, speaking of hurts, I've got to pop off and see Peter Beardsley. Oh. Because yeah, my um, I was going to say friend. I'll say colleague Sam. <laughs> <laughs> My friend and colleague Sam. He works for the Spoot Town Council, right? Is that... Yes. That's yeah. Sam, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He let me know that Peter Beardsley was fired from football for being a racist. Oh, no. And that's got to be some fucking high level racism if you get fired from football. Yeah, because it's rife anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So if, oh. the, if the footballers think you're racist, you're fucking racist. So yeah. I'm going to go meet up with him. Sort of like, you know, when. Um, <laughs> you know, when. Prince Andrew met up with uh, Epstein to say that the friendship's over. Yeah, yeah, just to let them know. And stayed in his house for a couple person. of days. Yeah. I'm going to go to Peter Bersley's and l- let him know that I don't wish him a happy Christmas and I actually hope he has a terrible New Year. Good for you, Ed. 
Yeah. Good for you. Well, yeah. I, I'll be honest. So, so I suppose that's the, the the ghost there is the ghost of my well wishes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to spend an evening. Really get closure on that, I think. A great way to spend an e- evening is cutting off a friendship with a racist footballer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not that I great. cut every every evening, Kath, but <laughs> I mean, there's enough racist footballers to go around to fill my to fill my evenings, but not not enough of them are friends. Well, I'm gonna go uh, get Chloe uh, back to the hotel room. Great, and I'm gonna go to what are those cookie stalls called in um, Millie's Cookies? I'm gonna go to the Millie's Cookies in the Arndale. Meet up with Peter. Great. Okay. I'll be honest. Me and Chloe are just gonna carry on getting shit face. It's gonna be great. Great. This is P&O, actually. I'm just going to take this phone call. Okay. Hello? Speaking. This has been a Little Wonder production. Music from Rotary Vani. Logo artwork from Suze Hughes. Voice by Melanie Walters. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Joe Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and I Wish I Was an Only Child. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.